for today's class is your copy of No Fear Shakespeare. Uh, that's the book that I handed out um, before we left. Now, if you don't have that book, please look on Google Classroom on your stream. Uh, you'll be able to find a link to the Spark Notes, No Fear Shakespeare, which is the online version of the book. Now, you might want to have access to the online version as well. So there's no need for you to actually use the book if you feel more comfortable using the online version. All right, so let's get started here. Before we left, we looked at a Shakespearean sonnet. In fact, you started analyzing a Shakespearean sonnet, kind of breaking it apart looking at iambic pentameter, looking at the structure of 14 lines, looking at the rhyme scheme of a Shakespearean sonnet. Now, I still want us to uh, write our own sonnet. So I think what I want for Friday, I want you to turn in a Shakespearean sonnet. Okay, so it's we're looking at 14 lines, we're looking at uh, iambic pentameter, we are looking at the A, B, A, B, C, D, C, D, E, F, E, F, G, G, rhyme scheme um, that fits a Shakespearean sonnet. Okay, so I'll put that in Google Classroom and that would be uh, one of two assignments that are due this week. Um, and it's the easier of the two. The other assignment deals with the prologue and shall help in the analysis of the prologue. So let's begin here. The prologue actually uh, is at the very beginning of the play, right? It's actually one of the most famous prologues ever written. And what's inter interesting to note here is that we actually have a prologue here for Act 1, and then we have a prologue for Act 2, but we don't have any, we don't have, we don't see the prologue again. Uh, he starts with, with the prologue and, uh, in Act, uh, prior to Act 1, and he starts with the prologue uh, prior to Act 2. Now, you may ask yourself, what is a chorus, right? Because if you look through the list of characters in your book, all the main characters are there, but the chorus is not listed as a main character. Um, but in fact, if you go to your book and you go to Roman numeral 12, right? Um, that's right before page one. It says here that the chorus is a single character who functions as a narrator 
offering commentary on the play's plot and themes. So kind of think of it like voiceover um, in a movie, right? Uh, voiceover, um, or even like a documentary, I would say, is a, a better description. The voice that you're in a documentary, um, they kind of give you an overview of what's happening. So the chorus, usually in plays, it's, it's a group of people that talk in unison, right? Um, I would guess you would call them like, like a homogenous, non-individualized group of performance, uh, performers, excuse me. And they would comment uh, with a collective voice on the dramatic action. before I, I continue some of you are gonna want as many points as possible right trying to raise your grade and I totally understand that I suggest that you take notes you take virtual notes which means you take notes on a Google Doc you put the day uh, that you took the notes so for example today would be the six and you write down as much information as you feel is necessary in for your understanding of the play. Um, and I would be more than happy uh, than to look at those notes and to give you a point for them. Uh, you want it to be consistent though. So if you start today, make sure you're taking notes. Um, every single time we, uh, I, I put up a podcast. All right, so let's continue here. Um, I'm just going to go ahead and read it. I'm going to read it, and uh, you can follow along. And what I want you to kind of focus on is what we've already talked about and what we learned, right, in terms of what a sonnet is. 14 lines, right, iambic pentameter, and it has a specific rhyme scheme. Two households, both alike in dignity, in fair Verona, where we lay our sea, from ancient grudge break to new mutiny, where civil blood makes civil hands unclean. From forth the fatal loins of these two foes, a pair of star-crossed lovers take their life, whose misadventure piteous overthrows, doth with their death bury their parents' strife. The fearful passage of their death-marked love, and the continuance of their parents' rage, which but their children's end not could remove, is now the two hours traffic of our stage, the which, if you with patient ears attend, what here shall miss, our toil shall strive to mend. So that's how the play begins. We've got an introduction, really, to the play. And I don't recall if you remember what we talked about prior to leaving it. But some of you will look at this and you'll say, well, straight, couldn't this be considered foreshadowing? Um, in a way, yeah, kind of, right? They tell you a lot of information, right? Um, you know, you always have students who, who kind of, you know, they, they always say like, oh, they die at the end. You know, before the play even begins, before we start reading. Like, yeah, there's one thing you know about Romeo and Juliet is that they die at the end. Uh, and it's because it's the first thing that they tell you, right? What those students don't tell you is 
why they die, right? Okay, so the how, it's suicide, right? Um, The why is important. And really what's also important is whether or not it could have been avoided, right? Could, Could Romeo and Juliet have been happy together? Or, as the star-crossed implies, were they uh, destined, really, to to die, right? Okay, so let's um, let's start looking at what you're going to be asked to do for uh, the prologue here. Now, in the past, right, when we didn't have access to No Fear Shakespeare, both digitally online and, and physical copies, you were really just asked to make sense of those 14 lines, right? Kind of translate. Now, if you focus and you, you know, you really put some energy towards trying to figure out what those 14 lines are saying, you can sort of get some of it. Maybe not all of it, right? Keep in mind that the language that's being used is no longer used today, right? It's old English. Um, and um, really, if if you were alive in Shakespeare's uh, Shakespeare's uh, day, right, or Shakespeare's day, excuse me, um, then you wouldn't need any translate. You would just understand it, just the way you understand what I'm saying now. So we do need to really look at. language and kind of deconstruct it. So let's talk about what we're actually, uh, what our goals are for today. All right. So our goals for today is to determine the meaning of words and phrases as they are used in the text. So including figurative and connotative meanings, analyze the cumulative impact of specific word choices on meaning and tone. So for example, how the language evokes a sense of time and place and how it sets a formal or informal tone. So really we're trying to figure out not only what it's trying to say, right, but how it's being said. So Shakespeare is like the greatest writer possibly ever, right? So once you start analyzing Shakespeare, you start to realize that he wrote on many different levels, right? There's the surface level and then there's the deeper meaning. And then he was just a master writer that was able to manipulate words and emotion. And really, what we're looking at is diction. So D-I-C-T-I-O-N. Diction is really just word choice, right? The words that we choose to use to evoke uh, emotions, right, out of people. So when you look at um, the prologue, you have to ask yourself, what kind of tone has Shakespeare created, right? And how does he do that? Okay, so you can't really talk about tone and you can't really talk about diction without talking about connotation and denotation, right? So connotation, right, um, is the feelings associated with a word, right? And denotation 
is the dictionary definition of a word, right? So the literal meaning of a word. Um, the example that I've used in class, and, I, and hopefully this comes back to you. So the example I've used in class is, uh, this party is dead, right? Um, if you're at a party, uh, you show up late, and you ask your friend how, what's the party like via text before you even show up, and they say, oh, it's dead, right? They don't literally mean that everyone there has died. What they're trying to say instead is that it's boring, nothing's happening. It's not worth your time to show up. So, when you look at Shakespeare's work, again, ask yourself, what words is he using to evoke specific feelings, right? Now, obviously, this is a tragedy, tragic sadness, right? This isn't a, a happy play. We know that these two die at the end, all right? In fact, a lot of people die. If, if you're reading a Shakespeare tragedy, if you're reading a Shakespeare drama, chances are a lot of people die, right? So you're going to watch, you know, sections of the film, you know, um, you're going to watch the Boz Lorman, uh, I believe it's the 1994 uh, film with Leonardo DiCaprio and Claire Danes, um, and that has guns, right? Um he chose to set the movie in a modern day times and he replaces the swords with guns, right? So, look, is it, is it uh, violent? Yeah, sure. I mean, it's Shakespeare, okay? Uh, so speaking of film clips, what I've provided for you in Google Classroom are... They are three interpretations of the prologue. So basically they are two clips are from two movies, right? One is the classical version, the Zifarelli version, which probably your, your parents have, have watched, but if they're my age, they probably watched the modern version, the 1996 version. So you're going to watch the prologue, um, both classical and modern. And you're also going to look at, interestingly here, a musical interpretation of the prologue. So you're going to listen to all three of them. You're going to watch all three of them. And you're just going to see, you know, which one does a good job of, number one, uh, evoking the same feeling that Shakespeare intended, right, um, and which one you felt was the better interpretation, right, which one were you able to understand more, because, and I'll say this over and over again, a play needs to be watched, you need to be in an audience, you need to see people act, um, Shakespeare never intended for us to look at his plays and analyze them in a classroom, right, um, but here we are, right? So, you know, from time to time, I'll, I'll give you clips. Now, speaking of the actual movies, some of you will say, well, Mr. A, I'm a visual learner. Like, you talking to me doesn't really help me, right? You've been talking for, like, 16 minutes. Just, um, 
I, I need to see. I need to see things, right? Well, I'm, I've provided those three versions uh, for the visual uh, learners, but also you can, if you wanted to, you can watch any of those versions, right? Now, I'm not saying you need to go out and spend money, right, to, to purchase these movies or to rent these movies, because you can uh, watch some of these movies for free, uh, depending on the type of subscriptions that you have. So, for example, I'm looking at um, uh, Romeo and Juliet 1996 version. Um, if you have Sling TV or if you have Hulu, then you can get it for free, right? Oh, anyway, let's get back to the uh, prologue here. All right, so. All right, so we were talking about the prologue and we're talking about what Shakespeare is trying to get across to us here, right? Really, um, along with the events that unfold in Act 1, Scene 1, Shakespeare is really trying to set the tone, right? He's trying to lay the foundation for the audience. He's basically telling you, like, this is what you can expect to see here, right? It's a two-hour play, right? It's about these two families who have been fighting each other for a very long time. And he never gives us a reason. And it's not important for us to know the reason. What's important to know is just that they hate each other, right? Um, so they both have children who both fall in love with one another. And because of the grudge, they cannot be together, right? And ultimately, that drives them to suicide, right? So obviously, you know, it's kind of like knowing how something ends and going backwards, just trying to figure something out, right? Um, the way I see it, it's like there's two kind of people, two kinds of people, right? The kind of people who want to know what a movie's about, and they just kind of want to go in knowing as much information as, as possible. And then there are people like me who don't want to know anything, right? Um, I want to be uh, surprised, right? I want a genuine reaction to, to things. Unfortunately, you don't get that here. But again, how, how did it happen? And most importantly, could it have been avoided? All right. Okay. So I feel like I've, I've done enough, enough talking here. Let's look at the assignment for today, Okay because I want to give you some time to start working on this. And look, um, the setup for, for these classrooms are just are different, right? It's not going to be like it is when we were um, back in school. So what I've given you is I've given you prologue questions. Um, now, these questions are a bit um, different than questions that I've given you in the past. They're questions, and that's not different, that's the same thing. They're questions, but what you're going to need to do is more involved, right? And I want you to, if you have, if uh, I'll give you, you can pause it, right? You can pause this right now, and you can open up the homework assignment so I can go over it with you, right? So go ahead and do that and pause my voice. And if you're back, then you should be looking at the Romeo and Juliet prologue questions, 
right? The banner is purple. And I'm going to read the directions to you. Respond to each question with complete sentences. That's important, right? Okay. Textual evidence. And we've done so much of that, right? With St. Lucy's, right? You give me an answer and then you prove it with information from the text and proper citations, right? Proper citations just means quotation marks, right? Write your answer in red text to make it more visible. So it needs to be a red font. It needs to be a red font. Also, please highlight your answers using the strategy below to receive full credit. So this is where it gets a little um, involved, right? You're going to say, well, why can't I just write the answer like how we used it? It's just, we're just, it's going to be a little bit different, right? We're working on skills here. So let's look at, let's look at, um, what you're being asked to do, okay? So you're going to be given a question. So let's look at the review question here. How does the pack feel at first about being at St. Lucy's? Now you're going to say, well, wait a minute. We're doing Shakespeare. I know. I'm giving you something that we've already done that you're familiar with as an example to help you with this new unit. So the first thing I'd like you to do is I want you to restate the question. Right, and then um, you're gonna highlight highlight it in green, right? So, how does the pack feel at first about being at St. Lucy's? When the first, sorry, when the pack first arrives at St. Lucy's, it is very curious and excited to explore the right to explore the new environment because everything is novel. Now you're gonna say, well, that's weird. You said it, yes, because the pack is one, right? Not not, not they. All right, so there's that. Second thing is you need, you need to answer the question, right? So the girls have no clue as to the future permanence or direness of their situation, okay? Next, you need to give me evidence. So how do you know that is true, right? So then you give me an answer and you highlight it in yellow, right? And then the last thing, which is something that we're gonna work on over the next few weeks is you're going to give me commentary on the evidence that you've given me. So the commentary here is, as we can see here, the girls can only revel in awe at their new surroundings and environment. Now, you're kind of maybe like in a way reiterating what you've already said, but you're saying it in your own words. So it's your opinion of what you've just shown us, what you've just given us, right? So that's what we're looking at. Um, again, it's going to be, it's not going to be easy at first. It's just not right. And, you know, it, some, some questions are going to lend themselves to this process a lot easier than others. So for example, right, uh, look at number one, what city and country is the place set in, right? All you need to do is read that first line, right? Or those first two lines. Right, it says you use Google to find and include three pictures of the city below your response, right? So, look, I mean, are you gonna be able to do, um, you know, can you restate the question? Yes, right? Are you able to give me an answer? Yes. Can you give me uh, a quote? Yes, right? And are you gonna be able to, I mean, as far as the commentary, I guess you could say, you know, it takes place in, um, 
Verona, Italy, because it is a play that was inspired by an Italian short story, right? So, again, try your best, but I need to see that you're trying, right? That's all I ask, that you're trying, because it'll get easier over time. Um, And it, it will take time. So we're going to start this assignment today, which is Monday, and I know we're going to meet again on Wednesday, so that's when I'm going to need it. I'm going to need it by Wednesday. Again, you're going to have Monday and then on Tuesday, and then I'll set I'll set the due date for, I guess, I'll give you 48 hours, you know? We're supposed to meet again Wednesday. Um, let me see here. Wednesday, according to this year schedule, Wednesday at, depending what period you have me for, it, probably 9.45 or 10.40 or 11.35. Anyways, you have, tw- you have 48 hours. That's a long time. Okay, so um, some of you may be asking like, hey, I didn't see any of the work posted in uh, grade book that I did these last two weeks before spring break, and you're right, um, it's not up yet. It will be okay. Remember, those of you who did it will be getting extra credit. Um, your grades will definitely go up. Those of you who did not do it, I, I still need to hear back from um, administration. But I will tell you this: if you're not doing this assignment or these assignments that I've given uh, this week, your grade will go down. It just will. Um, and communication is important. So please let me know if anything arises that I'm not privy to. But it, you just need to turn in the work. Um, so I'm going to wrap it up here. Uh, I feel like I've said a lot. Uh, I feel like you guys should have enough here um, to get you through all of this. Right Now the questions, again, are important. to understand what Shakespeare is trying to say here okay so again if you have any questions again remind app uh, you can email me Um, there are ways to communicate with me so please let me know I'll put all of the assignments all of the links all the resources online and uh, one quick question I put music for the last episodes, right, there's a trailer for this podcast, and I put music over the uh, this last episode, and you're probably listening to music right now uh, over my words here. How do you like that? I think it's interesting. I think it, it kind of, um, it kind of breaks up the monotony of my, my voice, um, but if you like the music, please let me know, and I'll keep the music, and and hopefully you can sort of uh, listen to what I'm saying and and not be sort of distracted by the music. All right. Well, again, if you have any questions, please let me know. Everything will be uploaded uh, by the time you hear this podcast. All right.